Welcome to the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Swanger. Welcome back to the Spirited Advocate Podcast. Conversations with people who make the spirits industry so much more than what's in the glass. I'm Chris Swanger, President and CEO of the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. My guest today is none other than the chair of the Keepers of the Quake in Scotland, Ian Smith. The Keepers of the Quake is an international society established by the Scotch whiskey industry to celebrate the outstanding commitment of those involved in the production, in the promotion, and the protection of one of the world's most finest distilled spirits. Ian is here today to talk about the role the Keepers of the Quake plays for the distilled spirits industry, their history, and the significance of Scotch whiskey to Scotland's history. Not to mention, after our conversation, stick around to hear about my experience while in Scotland and what it's been like to be inducted in the Keepers of the Quake. Now let's get started. Welcome, Ian, and it's good to see you again. I had such a good time with you while in Scotland. Tell us a little bit about your background. You do great work on behalf of Diageo and government relations, certainly in Scotland, but tell us a little bit about your history and background and how you became the chairman of Keepers of the Quake as well. Yeah, well, thank you very much for inviting me onto the show, Chris. Uh, It was really great to meet you uh, last week in Scotland at Keepers of the Quake, but also as you travelled around on what looked like an amazing trip around uh, some of Scotland's fine uh, distilleries. So, uh, yeah, great to great to be part of the, the show. So, yeah, listen, I, I work for Diageo in Scotland. Uh, I head up our corporate relations here. So I look after our government relations and our corporate media in Scotland. And I think, you know, the reason that gives me the best job in Diageo anywhere in the world is because this is where our great Scotch whisky business has its home. So we have uh, 50 sites here in Scotland, 30 distilleries, but also all of the, you know, we've got Cooperage, Coppersmiths, packaging plants, all the great stuff that goes into sort of making our amazing Scotch whiskey brands. So, you know, for me, it's like having, you know, the best toy set in the world to play with, you know, uh, just amazing distilleries uh, all over Scotland and amazing people. You know, we have three and a half thousand uh, colleagues here in Scotland. So I get to tell their stories tell the stories of our business and our our brands uh, to the world, which is a great uh, pleasure and a privilege for me. Yeah. And I tell you, I got to experience a great piece of that on my trip to Scotland and with you in Edinburgh. Tell us about the history of the Keepers of the Quake. As the chair, it's such a high honor and responsibility for our viewers. I was keepered last Monday and I am wearing the Keepers medal, which is great. And I have a terrific quake, which is part of the honor. So could you tell us a little bit about Keepers of the Quake and the history of it? Yeah, delighted to do that, Chris. So yeah, I was going to start off by explaining for your audience uh, just what a a quake is. So I've I've got mine here as well. This is the one I was uh, given when I was inducted as a Keeper of the Quake a few years ago. Well, quake means cup in, in Scottish Gaelic, one of the traditional languages of Scotland. And it simply means cup, you know, and um and what's special about a quake, as you can see, it's got two handles and it's uh, designed to be a sharing cup and traditionally dating back to, you know, 16th, 17th centuries and, uh, and before, you know, it would be passed around if you're 
gathering together as friends, you'd fill it with whiskey and you would pass it around. So it's a traditional, it's a real symbol of friendship and sharing, you know, and that's part of the ethos of Keepers of the Quake. Our strap line is a spirit shared. You know, it's all about sharing this amazing industry and uh, obviously the whiskey that we produce. Keepers was created in the 1980s, you know, a, a group of visionary leaders in the industry at the time had the idea of how do we celebrate people in our industry who make uh, an exceptional contribution to the industry. So they created Keepers of the Quake as a, a means of, of celebrating people in the industry. And they did that by creating two banquets per year, one in um, spring and one in the autumn, inviting people from all around the world to come to Scotland for a really unique and a memorable experience, which hopefully, you know, you enjoyed uh, just a week past there uh, on Monday. But really, you know, the kind of essence of it is celebration of people who make that exceptional contribution. And listen, that can be anyone from truly from grain to glass. So we've had people who grow barley on farms, you know, have been made keepers of the quake. People who provide the logistics for moving our product around have been made keepers. Obviously, all the people who make it are distillers, you know, our blenders, but also all around the world, people who are involved in the marketing, the PR, you know, the selling of Scotch whiskey, you know, uh, even colleagues, you know, customers of ours, you know, who who take our product to market are also kind of honoured as, as keepers. The one thing they all have in common is that they must be able to demonstrate having made that exceptional contribution to Scotch. And that's something that is, uh, you can't just apply. You have to be nominated by a member company. Your nomination uh, has to go before the management committee of the Keepers of the Quake, which I have the, the great honour of chairing. And um, and each nomination has to be unanimously passed by the management committee. So it's not an award that's given lightly or that anyone can just choose to kind of put themselves for. And that's really important, you know, the credibility of the honour that we bestow upon people is incredibly important to us. So uh, maintaining that high standard of application is really important. So that's the essence of what we, what we do. So Ian, tell us about uh, being chairman of Keepers of the Quake in that wonderful, I guess it's a medal, right? Tell us about that. That means you are the man. That is bigger than this. So Yeah, indeed. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I mean, it's, um, it's a real honor to be a chair of Keepers of the Quake. It's one of the kind of the great offices, if you like, of the Scotch whisky industry. So I'm incredibly honoured to, to hold that post. You might see, yes, the medal that you referred to. This is my chairman's medal. At the banquet, you'll see I, I get to wear a big silver chain. Uh, which Absolutely. Yeah, which uh, that gets taken away from me between banquets. I don't get to keep that one uh, at home. But, uh, Can't wear that around on the street. Yeah, yeah. but I, I get to wear this uh, special one. Uh, so I'm wearing that today in honour of uh, you know being invited on the show. As you say, yeah, you've, you're wearing your keeper's uh, medal. So anyone who's made a keeper is awarded with a, a medal like that. If you serve another 10 years in the industry, you get to wear a blue ribbon round your neck with the medal on it, which means you're a master of the quake. And then when you get to be chairman, you get the, the purple ribbon. Ian, since the foundation of the quake, over 2,800 women and men have been honored from over 100 countries. What does that do in the spirit of the Scotch whiskey industry? It's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, well, each and every one of those people, you know, you discovered yourself. Part of it is that you are becoming a member of a society, the values of which are about upholding the spirit of uh, Scotch whiskey and about sharing 
this wonderful product with the world and you're sharing your passion for it with the world. So each one of those people is an ambassador for Scotch whiskey in that 100 countries around the world, you know, telling the story of Scotland and Scotch whiskey and our amazing, uh, amazing liquid that we produce. And so they're all great ambassadors out there spreading the word of Scotch, which we're incredibly uh, grateful that they, they do that for us. It's truly aspiring for our viewers and listeners. The setting is Blair Castle in the beautiful hills of Scotland. You start off with bagpipes, obviously. Hi, everybody. While I was in Scotland recently, I got to visit some fantastic distilleries driving around the Scottish countryside. It was beautiful and remarkable. It rained, it snowed, it was a lot of fun. And I also got to do some great interviews with some great Scottish folks that are central to the history of Scotland. One of the first visits that I got to do is to visit with Ian Gray. Ian Gray is one of the great Scotch distillery artists in the world. He is the greatest Scotch distillery artist in the world, as a matter of fact. So when I arrived in Scotland, I got to sit down with Ian, and he told me how he got started in the business, what was the first distillery he painted, and I want to share this interview with you now. How did you get into painting wonderful distilleries around the world, and certainly here in Scotland as well? Well, I just like, uh, I like my whiskey, and uh, I've been doing tours of various whiskey distilleries. I love painting, and uh, yeah, what turned out was a hobby, turned into a profession. Profession in the first distillery that you painted? It uh, was Bomo, Bomo Distillery on Isla. On Isla, the beautiful island of Isla, with a lot of heat, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you've been able to tour the American Whiskey Trail. Yeah. Uh, what was your uh, thoughts on that? Oh, it's just amazing. Uh, we started off in uh, Mount Vernon, uh, the new distillery. Yeah. Uh, George Washington's distillery, and went down through Kentucky, Tennessee, and uh, yeah, quite amazing. I mean, the American Whiskey Trail... It all really started right here in Scotland and Ireland, right? Because yeah, well, a lot of immigrants from Scotland, Ireland, going across, making whiskey, farming. Fantastic part of uh, American history. Absolutely. Okay, I'm sure you get this question a lot. What's your favorite distillery? Oh, they're all so, they're all so unique. Uh, every, every distillery has various uh, flavors, and it's difficult to choose the right one. Absolutely. In the last distillery that you painted? Uh, Abernethy which is in uh, Persia. Rel relatively a new distillery. Uh, three right? years old. Yeah. Awesome. Some of the finest scotches in the world. And it, it's just a high honor and just a, an inspiring event where it brings people together that share this common purpose. And it's just brilliant. It's lovely to hear that, Chris. That's what we aim for with the banquet is to create a a really unique and memorable experience because for lots of people and maybe the only occasion that they ever you know attend the banquet some of us like myself we're lucky you know i i get to uh, to go to to lots of them you know twice a year for most people is the one time that they'll be in blair castle which is one of the most historic castles in scotland a really magical place and yeah being uh piped in you know with the the athol highlanders who uh, are officially Europe's only legal standing army. And that dates back to Queen Victoria, I think it was 1848, visited Blair Castle and bestowed upon the Athol Highlanders the right to bear arms. And to this day, they have the legal right to bear arms 
which no other private army in Europe has, you know. So, and they they are our guard of honor at the banquet. It's truly remarkable uh, stuff. Yeah, the setting is right out of a picture book in every sense. Ian, tell us a little bit about, you know, the history of Scotland and Scotch whiskey, if you could, because it's all tied together. Scotch whiskey and Scotland and Scottish culture are absolutely interwoven. You know, it goes back centuries, you know, to originally the earliest sort of records are from from friars, you know, making whiskey, distilling from leftover barley. And then it's interwoven with their kind of agricultural society. So small farmers all over Scotland, you know, growing their crops of barley for food mainly, but then having some left over, distilling that into whiskey. And then over time, and really throughout the kind of the 19th and 20th centuries, you know, it became Scotland's premier export industry, taking Scotland and our great product that we make to the world. You know, so that was, you know, throughout the 19th century, the great kind of founders of the Scotch whiskey sort of industry were also they were terrific entrepreneurs and pioneers of export, you know, and, and of brands before these things existed in the kind of modern concept of them. So, yeah, we've got incredibly rich sort of uh, tapestry of uh, heritage, but also, you know, uh, it's a heritage of entrepreneurship and, and innovation and pushing the boundaries, you know, and uh, not being content to just have a small grocer store, but to grow it to be a global business, you know, and that's really what set the foundations for our industry today. And now there's, you know, over 120 distilleries in Scotland. You know, Scotland's a relatively small country, you know, compared to you guys on the other side of the Atlantic. You know, we've got a small country of 5 million people. So we've got, a, you know, a remarkable density of distilling within the borders of Scotland. And I think the amount of heritage and skill and expertise that resides within people who work for our industry is absolutely incredible, you know, and the, hopefully you, you saw it on, you know, when you're over here, that the passion they have for it is really remarkable. They they love it, you know, and, the, and that's what I found since I joined the Scotch whiskey industry, you know, it really is a, an incredible family and you really can't help but be drawn into the kind of incredible sense of passion and purpose that people have for this business. One of the first distilleries I got to visit while in Scotland was McAllen. It's a new distillery and it's wonderful and beautiful. And I got to spend time with Colin Black. Colin let me tour the distillery, of course try some McAllen scotch, which is some of the finest scotch in the world, and tell me a little bit about the story behind McAllen and the distillery. Tell us a little bit about the history of McAllen. How did we get here today? Welcome to our stunning new building. This was completed in the year 2018, open to the public. However, McAllen has been here on the estate since 1824. We were founded by a farmer by the name of Alexander Reed, and he applied for a license to produce spirits here in 1823 and then started his distillery operations. We then went through a number of different owners, including Preston Davidson, James Stewart, and then in 1892, a gentleman by the name of Roderick Kemp took over the Macallan. And Roderick Kemp was a wine and spirits merchant, very well known in this area, and he started to use sherry casks to mature the spirit made on the estate. And this is the genesis of what we know today as the modern Macallan. This is what Macallan does day in, day out, using the finest sherry oak casks from Jerez in Spain to mature our numerous casks that we have here on the estate. 
The estate itself was founded back in 1543 and barley has been cultivated here ever since. 485 acres here in the heart of Speyside, including two miles of the River Spey and our beautiful spiritual home of Easter Elkie's House, completed in the year 1700. One of the other distilleries I got to visit was Glendronic, and Stuart Buchanan hosted me, and I got to sit down on the couch in the house near the distillery and have a dram and let him tell me some stories about Glendronic and him being the global brand ambassador for this wonderful whiskey. Tell us a little bit about Glendronic and the history. Sure thing. And we are in that we call the Valley of Fog. So we do sit in this beautiful valley in, in, in the Northeast Highlands. So it's a very agricultural landscape, as we can see outside. Yeah. I'm sure you, you noticed as we drove here. Yeah. And you think about, you know, what is a Highland spirit? What is a Highland character? There's many Highland characters. But Glendronach, it's about that weight, it's about that richness, that body, that dark fruits. Give us the four themes of what's in every Glendronic drink. Exactly that. You know, the Highland style we want, we do want it to stand out. In, which is the largest region, which is the Highlands. Yeah. So what we're looking for, or what our master blender, Dr. Rachel Barry, is wanting to capture every single expression. Let's say the fruit, first of all. Mm -hmm. That fruit-forward nature, mm -hmm. and it's a dark fruit. It's mm -hmm. dark berries. Like blackberries, dark, blackberries, right? Blackberries, blueberries, cherry cast will bring in some raisins, some dates. So that darker, darker fruits. But she also wants elegance. Mm -hmm. Now, elegance for me is about balance. Let's see, even sophistication of a good whiskey Absolutely. where you can sit back and enjoy it. So the elegance is something we do want to capture. And then we have the robust Highland character, that robust nature. You can see it as you roll the glass. You can, that, this whiskey lasts forever in your palate. So yeah. you, you know you've got that robust note. And then again, that richer, richness, the texture, how it feels almost like silk, just no matter what style or strength, like silk, it just flows down your, your throat. So. These are the four facets we want in every single expression, and Rachel and Glendronic character captures that beautifully. I also had the honor of visiting with Lauren Mustard with the Glenfiddich Distillery. We got to have a little bit of a taste, but Lauren told me the history of Glenfiddich in the beautiful distillery. So check this out. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself in the Glenfiddich Distillery. Absolutely. Thank you so much um, and welcome yourself to Glenfiddich Distillery. I am the Dufton Distillery's ambassador, so I look after Glenfiddich and Balvenie here in Speyside. So my day-to-day -day is showing people around our wonderful site, but also uh, managing the visitor experiences. I have a little dog called Whiskey, um, which is something I always like to tell people. He's, he's just the best, as I'm sure everyone says about their own <laughs> dogs. And where we're sitting at the moment is in the Robidoux um, Centre. We have a beautiful whiskey lounge around us. This isn't one of the original buildings. Just over the road from where we are, we've got buildings that date back to 1886. So that's when they first started construction. And the spirit was running from the stills in 1887. And that was all started by our founding father, William Grant. He was born in Dufton in 1839. So just a mile up the road from here. And over the years, of course, there's been a lot of development, innovation, expansion. You know, we've all had to navigate through the pandemic. Y'all are starting to bring in visitors now, right? Yeah. It's open and ready. It is open and ready and welcoming as many people as possible. Um, so last May, we started up the tours again, not quite in production. Um, and we opened up the whiskey lounge, the gift shop. 
that we are now operating almost as we were before, slightly reduced capacity, but it's wonderful to see so many people back in Speyside. And we've got the Whiskey Festival coming up in May as well, which is a welcome return. Absolutely. All the while being competitors, but it's a family and it's all about really promoting Scotch whiskey from a a global basis and talking about there's almost a great Scotch distillery now on every corner in Scotland. And there's an element of truth to that here in the United States. We have a 7-Eleven. I don't know, Ian, if you know what a 7-Eleven is, but we got those on every corner. But we do have a growing and exciting uh, craft distillery movement going on in the United States with over 2,300, but it is so precious. One thing that was so apparent to me on my travels last week is the Scotch whiskey industry's commitment to sustainability. I mean, it is embedded in every distillery that I had a chance to visit. The Scotch Whiskey Association does a great job from a leadership perspective in support of all the distilleries. Could you talk about Scotch Whiskey's commitment to sustainability? Absolutely spot on uh, with that observation. It's something that's incredibly important to all of us in the industry. And uh, as you say, the Scotch Whiskey Association has done a great job of pulling that together for us as companies. But we, we rely on the natural environment to make our product, you know, it's Barley and water and yeast, you know, are the only ingredients that go into making Scotch whiskey. Most of those inputs are local to us here. In a very real sense, you know, we our sustainability depends on the sustainability of the environment around us. And also, you know, beyond the making of the product, we, we want to welcome the world to Scotland, to this incredibly beautiful uh, natural environment that we enjoy here. We've got beautiful mountains and rivers and seas, and we want to protect those because it's, it's part of the magic of what, the total brand of Scotch whiskey, if you like, you know, and uh, it's what attracts people to come to Scotland. Probably whiskey and golf are probably Scotland's two greatest gifts to the world, you know. And if you come to, Absolutely. you know, and have a game of golf and enjoy a Scotch whiskey in Scotland's kind of incredible, you know, natural environment, it's a, it's a really wonderful thing. So what that means is we're all committed to to driving sustain- environmental sustainability. Companies across the industry have set stretching targets decarbonisation, water conservation uh, on how we manage our packaging, you know, because we know we need to make those step changes to secure the kind of long-term future of our businesses, you know, and uh, we're all committed to to doing that. True, true leadership and best in class. And it was just evident on my travels that it was a cornerstone, a foundation for everything that the Scotch whiskey industry does in Scotland. I had the immense pleasure of joining you at the Johnny Walker Princess Street facility, which is an experience like no other. So I'm here. I got Johnny Walker Blue. I got my Quake and I got a Dram over here. So tell us about, and I know you worked really, really hard on this beautiful facility overlooking Edinburgh Castle. I mean, it's you can't make it up with a wonderful restaurant and all of the above. And you had to navigate through the challenges with the pandemic, but it is open. Anybody going near Scotland, you got to go visit. So tell us about the Johnny Walker experience on Princess Street. Yeah, well, listen, it's really kind to hear you uh, give that feedback, Chris. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, the visit. It's something you know we're incredibly proud of. So uh, Diageo uh, announced an investment in Scotch whiskey tourism back in 2018, 185 million in total. 
invested into Scotch whisky tourism at our distilleries around Scotland, but also in Edinburgh to create create a a global visitor experience for Johnny Walker. So uh, we're very lucky we um, secured an incredible heritage building right in the centre of Edinburgh on Prince's Street, which is the premier street of Edinburgh. As you say, on the top floor, on the rooftop, we have incredible views of the castle and we've got two bars there, one specialist whiskey bar and one cocktail bar where you can enjoy some nice foods and some great drinks with incredible views. And uh, so within the building, there's eight stories in total, everything from the cellar that you visited, Chris, where we've got some casks of Scotch whiskey that you can sample and enjoy for the real whiskey aficionados, some really special stuff there. We've got retail you can walk in off the street to a great shop. And then we have the the main visitor experience, which is all about telling the story of Johnny Walker and its 200 years of history, starting in a small grocery store in my hometown, Kilmarnock, which I'm very proud to say, and how that grew to become the world's biggest selling Scotch whiskey. And, and all of the amazing stories of how the square bottle and the slanted label came to, to be. 20 degrees. Yep. Yeah. 20 bottle, degrees. There you go, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, a black, I've got a black label uh, this evening. I've traded up a little bit, but the black label's awesome too. Yeah, you've traded up. Yeah, very good. So yeah, and then, uh, but also within something we're really proud of there, you know, we have uh, an event space within the building, uh, right next door to a training bar that we use to offer hospitality training opportunities to young unemployed people through our Learning for Life program. So that's all about kind of trying to make sure that we're part of the local community and part of, you know, giving something back uh, as well into the into the city of Edinburgh. So listen, it's, yeah, incredibly lucky to have that, had that amazing investment here. We, now that the pandemic is hopefully uh, starting to recede and, and travel starts again, Edinburgh's just a wonderful city to come and visit. We really look forward to welcoming the world to uh, Johnny Walker Prince's Street uh, over the next few years. Absolutely. All right, Ian, one last question. How do you say cheers in Scotland? Well, Chris, I've got my a glass of black label here. Yeah. Uh, and how do we say in Scotland? We say slangeva. Slangeva. Ian, on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council, thank you for everything that you do as chairing Keepers of the Quake and the great platform that it does. I can tell you the Distilled Spirits Council and the Scotch Whiskey Association are joined at the hip excited to work in close collaboration with Ambassador Mark Kent, who just joined recently, really just work in collaboration with you. And as I've been bestowed the honor to be a keeper, and I'm so grateful of that recognition, you have my commitment to do all I can in my role to support and advocate for the great interests of Scotch whiskey around the world. Salangeva. Salangeva. Thank you for that, Chris. Cheers. I'd like to give a big thank you to Ian Smith for spending time with me today, talking about Scotch whiskey and talking about how the Keepers of the Quake protects and promotes Scotch whiskey around the world. I'd also like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Spirited Advocate podcast. Remember, ask your bartender for a great Scotch whiskey or visit your local bar or ABC store or package store and pick up a bottle. And remember, drink responsibly and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. 
I'm Chris Swanger, and this has been the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States.